friends beyond binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my patron peeps. So glad to be here in your ears, as Ray would say, or near your ears, or across your room. Maybe, just maybe, somewhere, there's a kid listening like me in the other next room over, smiling that you're getting tucked in by Scooter. And indirectly, they're getting tucked in, too. That's pretty cool. Even if it's just in my imagination, patrons, you make it possible. Uh, what do you say? We get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake. It could be thoughts, uh, things on your mind uh, that you're thinking about, past, present, future, thinking, you know, thinking stuff, or just the stuff running in there. Auto, auto, go, good old auto thoughts, those automatic thoughts. Oh, how we try to love them, so... Uh, auto thoughts. Uh, That's a way to at least... They feel a little bit less powerful. They feel more automatic. Automated thinking. Whoever invented it, please undo it. Uh, so thoughts, feelings, anything coming up for you emotionally, it might be connected to those thoughts, or it could be the feelings that are just there. It could be physical sensations could be changes in time or temperature or routine. Whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of it and keep you company uh, to distract you so that you could fall asleep. And the way I propose to do it, or what I'm going to attempt to do, particularly if you're new, is try to create a safe place. And the safe place is transferable. This is If this safe place was a ticket, it wouldn't follow any of the rules of tickets. Uh, it's transferable, fully trans. It's portable, transferable. You could use it at a. Di- you don't even need to have it. You say, I don't. Ha- I don't know if I. Because I'm constantly one of those people patting my. Anytime I got to go anywhere where you need something, I'm looking. I say, Oh boy, how many pockets do I have? Because uh, one's not enough, and one, you know, one's too many. Because I say, Wait a second, do I have that? Uh, was it I needed again? I'm sorry. Was it a piece of paper? It could be crumbled or folded somewhere. Oh, it's a digital form? Oh, boy. I don't know. <laughs> Even those ones. You see, how did I, like, uh, I'm not kidding. I say, I, I'm positive I have that in triplicate or in three different places on my phone. And can't find anything. Oh, can't get, oh, sir, you're directly plugged into the router. Yeah, still can't get any service on here. Don't know what's happening. Wheel, my wheels are spinning. So this safe place, though, is unlike those things. It's always there. And I'm always going. I'm always going nowhere for your benefit. And the way I do that beyond that is I send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. Oh, so creaky are my tones. With just a touch of dulcet in there, which is like kind of sweet. You say, you're creaky, but you're not bad. That's what creaky dulcet tones mean. You say, well, wouldn't say, I'm not going to hire you to do a voiceover for my book. You could pull, you probably would play a character that would be rock-like. I'm, I'm picturing a character in any, like, if yeah, you could be a character, but it would be one, maybe like a, like a, like not Treebeard, but, you know, Treebeard's old uncle. Or like in those Frozen movies, you could be one of those rock people, but maybe the grouchy one. But it's not bad. Like I, we'll still cat. Like we'll still have you. And I'd say, great, sounds good. Where do? Oh, is this in my imagination? You're one of the casting agents that lives in my mind. Well, I'm glad uh, that uh, like I'm, I'm glad I've not. Oh, I, I'm, I'm glad I've typecast myself into at least I can play two different types. Uh, Old gnarled tree, uh, could that be my old gnarled tree? Or uh, I wouldn't mind. I, I guess I I would be more. Could Treebeard's older uncle? Treebeard is a character from a film, 
wise tree being, very friendly, apparently has an older uncle, though, that I'll be playing in an imaginary film that may never come out. Here's the thing, though. I don't want to, like, get myself uncast from this imaginary movie, but uh, I would probably, knowing what I know about myself, I would be the one. I don't think I'd be the wise. Could I be wizened? Is it possible to be wizened without being wise? It is. Okay, good. Because I, I would be more like asking Treebeard for advice. Like, uh, is it possible to be wizened in, in, without any anything? Is it possible for me to have sage on me, like growing at me or whatever, but not to have anything sage? You know, that I'm not, I can't be associated, I can be associated with sage, but I, sage has, the sage has contacted me. Don't let us be associated with you. And I'd say, of course, I, like, I, there's nothing sage about me. I mean, unless I have sage on me. Okay, where was I, though? Oh, it's going to set creaky dulcetones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. You've kind of seen a couple of those already, which means I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up. I'm going to talk about that's where the podcast uh, never gets started and it's always going. But if you're new, let me give you some information because you probably arrived at this podcast doubtful or skeptical or like, what is this? My, my, uh, my, my you know, Treebeard, right? Thanks, Treebeard, for recommending the podcast, by the way. So, oh, Treebeard did not. Oh, oh, that was uh, somebody else's beard. Okay. Well, maybe the beard from that great show, that program, the great program. Uh, no, not that beard either. Okay, well, oh, just a beard. Why, wait, so there's a sentient beard? Because I don't mean to get distracted. But, you know, you got tree beard, you got beard from uh, Ted Lasso. I'm sure there's other beards out there. There's probably some beards. Peter Beardsley, that came up in a Great British Bake Off episode. I didn't look up who it was, but uh, it's on my list of things to look up one day. Oh, I'm introducing a podcast. Oh, so if you're doubtful or skeptical or unsure, that's a really natural way to arrive at this show. Because if you had trouble sleeping, a lot of people give out advice, right, about sleep or tell you how to do it the right way. And it doesn't necessarily help, but it also, it's tough to find something that works. Uh, I know because I've been there. And this show, believe it or not, even though I make it and it's open to anybody, it doesn't work for everybody. But even wor worse than that for me, not for you, is that it doesn't even work for, for most people it works for. It doesn't work on the first, or second, or third try. It takes some getting used to naturally for a show that's always going and never going anywhere to figure, you say, I think I get what you mean, but I don't, until I see it in action, which I guess is already, we're getting into that ironic territory because there's, your action is, uh, it's not in action, it's in action. I just accidentally said, I just accidentally made a pun in there. It's action and inaction. Action and action. Uh, the Sleep With Me podcast. Uh, put that as one word. I'll probably misspell it too. Action and action. Maybe that's what that story, what I said in the intro. Maybe that's what it'll be about. Action and action. That sounds like a movie I would, might see. Oh, but if you're a new listener. So... Okay, other important things to know. This podcast doesn't work for everybody. Give it a few tries. See how it goes. It's a podcast you don't really listen to. It's almost like listening to something that's going on in the background. You can listen, but if you start out just kind of barely listening, like softly, like I'm just out of focus, uh, that might help versus waiting for stuff to get started or waiting for me to get to the story or the sleepy stuff. Uh, we're in the sleepy stuff a little bit. You know, I haven't, it's been a little while since I said this, but we're in, you know, if, you, if you've found, if you've been looking for a podcast with morass uh, or morass, you've, you, then, uh, you know, I got you covered. I want more than one department because uh, we're deep in to the, mo mo <laughs> we're, we're, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm already off topic. Well, I've been off topic multiple times. So where was I? Uh, I'm not joking either. Um, okay, so yeah, give it a few tries, see how it goes. Just barely listen. This podcast also doesn't put you to sleep. It keeps you company while you drift off. 
And if you can't sleep, I'm here for over an hour to keep you company. Uh, so, because th- my job is not so much to to count down from ten and help you relax, is to be your friend, to keep you company, to make things a little bit less lonely in the deep dark night. To be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar bra. Uh, that's what my job is. Your boar boar friend. So I'm here to keep you company so that you could fall asleep. And if you can't sleep, you say, well, at least I got his scoots to listen to. He's rambling about nothing. Good old mumble and hum. That was my, that was the, that was like the, like that was one of the unreleased U2 albums maybe. Cause I mean, definitely rattle and hum is not good for bedtime. Mumble and hum, maybe. Uh, so, okay. So, oh, the other things to note, the reason I make this show one is you. You deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a safe place where you could get some rest. And I hope the show can provide it for you. But if it doesn't, I hope you find what you need, like to, to be a part of your bedtime routine or find something small, whether it's a book or activity or another sleep podcast, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. has got a bunch of them. So that you have the space you need to wind it down. Because if you get the rest you need, your life's going to be more manageable. You could flourish. And that means our world is a better place to live in for everybody. I also make your show because I've been there. Mind racing, tossing, turning, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, thoughts, feelings, physical sensation, all the all that stuff, uh, you know, I'm, I'm familiar so that's why I make the show. The other thing that can throw new listeners off and that uh, takes some getting used to is the structure of the show. It's designed in a very specific way, but you can also adjust as you become a regular listener to find what works for you. But uh, naturally, questions come up and people have very strong feelings about them because our show is very different overall, but then the structure is even different and unexpected because you expect a sleep podcast to start putting you to sleep, you know, if, if it was, if I had magic powers or whatever, we, you know, I could do that. I would do that, but I don't. I mean, I guess I have, I, I have the power of being mystified. You see, so, I mean, that's, that's what the power I'm putting into use. I mean, I'm laughing because it's true. I say, well, I do have a magic power. I'm always mystified. Not very useful, except in this context. Uh, and then it's magical. And really, like I said, the reason I make it is because it's magical. Because I know how it feels and you deserve a good night's sleep. Oh, but the structure of the show. Why is the show structured this way? And what is the structure? What, you know, why don't I tell you? We're only 15 minutes into this podcast. Well, the show starts out with a greeting. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And that's so you feel seen, welcome. You kind of get a bit of the tone of the show. It's a little bit silly. So you say, oh, okay, I could check this out. Then there's support for the show. And again, it's a little bit early for the support for some people, but that way the show comes out free twice a week, over 400 episodes to choose from. Again, for free, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, whatever app you listen on. So that's just important to me it, it, is like, that's what I like. It helps the most amount of people, the most amount of time it can. I don't know if that was actually a, a full sentence. So that's the, the greeting. Then there's the support. Then there's support for the communities around the show and listeners. Then there's the intro, which we're already most of the way through. But the intro is a show within a show where I introduce what the podcast is. But it's also the time during the podcast where you could get ready for bed or start winding down. It's kind of the twilight or the transition. So that's another part of the podcast is that ideally the intro helps ease you into bedtime so that you could get ready for bed or you could start relaxing and then get in bed or already be in bed relaxing. And then, like later, fall asleep. Uh, so this is the get comfortable time, getting cozy, petting those pets, uh, Blowing kisses to the fishes of the world. Even if you don't have a fish, blow some kisses. That could be a new thing. Kisses for the fishes. Uh, Besos for pescados, you know, like, uh, well, uh, is that right? I think I just used besos para pescados. Oh, that actually is a nice alliteration. Besos para pescados. Uh, 
I know my pronunciation's not perfect, but uh, let's all blow some kisses uh, to fishes everywhere. Okay, now that that's done, you could also come up with your own bedtime routine or, or fun thing like that. Uh, but that's what the intro does is it goes on and on and on, which some new listeners find very frustrating. But it serves a purpose that eases you into bedtime. And as you become a regular, so you say, oh, he'll just start the show at 20 minutes and then listen to stories. Or, oh, I'll support the show on Patreon and listen to story-only versions. But what you might discover, which is like what a lot of people discover, is that the intro becomes kind of, it's because it's familiar every time, but it's different every time. I don't know. A lot of listeners get, this is the part where you get to know my, it was, it, it, where you get to know the, uh, you know, where this is where I bring the morass uh, for sure. So that's the intro. Then there's business again, support between the intro and the podcast. Again, just to meet my personal goals, I guess. The show comes out twice a week for free, gets the most people as possible versus just being on one platform or behind a paywall. So that's that. Then there'll be our story. Looks like tonight's story will be something about, uh, what did I say, mumble and hum? So I don't know. I was going to record an intro for something else, but tonight it looks like we'll be talking about mumble and hum. So that should be, that could be anything. We'll see how that goes. So there's that, and uh, then there's thank yous at the end. So that's why I make the show. Again, if your show does not work for you, you feel strongly, you say, I just don't, you're not my cup of tea. Sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. If you're new, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash new has like a little bit of description about episodes and stuff. But otherwise, just see how it goes. Get comfortable and we'll see where we go. I'm really glad you're here. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. I work really hard. I earn a nice drive. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do this for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. Scoot's here. And, uh, you know, this is one of these tales... uh, they haven't told, you know, tales, untold tale, tales never told. And uh, the, I guess the subtext, is this subtext? My daughter is learning about subtext in school. And I said, can you explain it to me again? And she, 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 she turned away and changed the subject. Uh, I don't know if it's that subtext, uh, but, uh, you like, uh, what, why did I ask what was subtext? Oh, I said that when I say tales, untold tales, uh, the subtext in my brain, or it's a subtweet, I think, or something that says there's a reason they're untold. And this all takes place, uh, these are the tales I get to hear when I'm sitting outside. Uh, this time I decided... Uh, to sit on one of the, like, there's a broken carousel outside of a Kmart or what what once was a Kmart. This is when I heard the tale, when it was still a Kmart. One of my great regrets uh, was not going in and having lunch at the K-Cafe or the K-Cafeteria with a K. But I got to listen to the pigeons tell another tale about uh, stuff. This one was called Mumble and Hum. And it was a tale about mumble and hum. And, uh, the, the, oh, oh, also, I guess I got to explain uh, that uh, this will also be a Carol King episode, though through a new method, which I have to further explain, which is, you know, what it was. So, so there I was, because uh, I was telling the pigeons. I said, before you tell, could, I, could, I, could we have this tale be influenced by Carol King? And they said the great songstress and activist and uh, leader, uh, Carol King. And I said one in the same, I mean, one in the same, well, not quite one in the same, one and much more than just the the same. And that got the pigeon's attention because I said, and I said, what about this? How about this? I tell you the tale of mumble and hum through through the spiraling tresses of Carol can you know, like spiritually, like quite the spiritual tresses of uh, spiraling tresses. And they said, you missed your alliteration there. And I said, I never thought I'd say, wow, I feel understood, but to a pit to anyone, but particularly, I never thought I'd say this to a pigeon. I thought, you know, I'd only say, don't drive the bus or whatever. Sorry. I, I guess I thought I'd work. You know, I, I thought about starting an assertiveness training course, uh, 
Well, I didn't. I just thought of it now. But what if we, like, is that what Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus is teaching us? Assertiveness? You say, I'm sorry, pigeon. I cannot allow you to drive this bus because you're a pigeon. I know you desire to drive the bus. uh, And I know I always desire to drive the bus. Oh, but, oh, sorry, pigeons. I was explaining Carol King and my connection to Carol King. I also have a connection to Carol Kane, but this is different. This So once upon a time, in an era maybe called the aughts, uh, or maybe it was the tens, I don't know. No, I think it was the tens. Was it the aughts? I'm not sure. Uh, but there was something called an iPod, which is now comes kind of built. Well, now you stream stuff, but it used to be all your songs were were on your all the songs you owned you didn't rent songs back then or pay when you know, generalized a fee to access the songs you had your music it was a different era it was in between it was an era it was a short era actually but it was part of a earlier era so you owned your music in some sense and you would put it, you could put it on a device called an iPod and it could hold like thousands of songs. Maybe, I don't know, maybe 10,000, maybe 1,000, maybe 20, 100,000. I have no idea. And eventually they went from like hard drives, platter hard drives uh, to solid state hard drives, which were smaller. Or they were called, I don't know, is that flash memory? I don't have a lot. Of, my, my memories are gone in a flash. Uh, but so... On the solid, on my hard drive, which was platter hard drive, I had all my songs. Okay, but get that much. And there was an algorithm, like I, I believe now. Some have told me I'm in, I'm incorrect, but I like to shuffle my music because otherwise I overthink it, or I stay in my comfort zone, whatever the comfort zone of that particular day happens to be. And so I would shuffle things, and then. Like uh, what I believe, uh, and I developed a belief system based on this, but I believe it to be true and not just a belief, is that uh, every time you shuffled it or listened to a song outside of the shuffling process, the the iPod algorithm would note it and say, okay, let's just say I didn't have the Starboy didn't exist back then, but it said, well, Scoots has listened to Starboy, whatever, 8,000 times. And he's listening to Sacrifice 4,000 times. Maybe we'll recommend this related track to him. But we'll definitely, if we're going to randomize out of 1,000 songs, we'll definitely play, or whatever, 100 songs we'll play, like the Starboy would be more likely to be played than Sacrifice. But both would be highly likely to be played within a randomization of 100 songs. But in this case, it wasn't The weekend. It was Carol King. Somehow, Carol King, uh, in, in her, her power of song and joy and engagement with the world was so powerful, it invaded the algorithm within my iPod. And what's, what's a miracle about stuff like this is that then it invaded the algorithm within my heart that keeps my heart locked up uh, in some sense. And if at some point I became to accept it so that every fifth song would be a Carol King song, even though, and this is nothing about, this is why it's spiritual or beyond my understanding, if, you, if, you, if you're more comfortable with that, was that, uh, like, I wasn't, I never intentionally, like, I in, intentionally chose to keep repeating these weekend songs recently or over the past, whatever, six years, uh, but, uh. I never intentionally chose Carol King. It's like uh, we chose one another through ran- we randomly chose one another, or someone out there said beyond my understanding said if if Carol King's bringing the message, Scoots will eventually get it. And so I became willing to turn the algorithm of my iPod over to Carol King in her powers beyond my understanding. And I've had a lot of adventures since then, ran, hitting randomizing and pressing play. And I've said, well, like a lot of the stories of the show that I've discovered have been through that. And now we move on to a new phase of Carol King has physically invaded. I've let her in even further. And so I have in my lap here, pigeons. Uh, this is what I was saying to the pigeons, listeners. Sorry. 
I have in my lap. At, what are the? Are these forty fives? I don't even know. They're the rec single records. I think those are forty fives, uh, or they're thirty threes. I'm not kidding. I'm not even joking and trying to be facetious. And I found, uh, like, occasionally I have an opportunity because there's jukeboxes out there, right? And people like. Uh, so there's like you can buy random lots uh, every once in a while of jukebox records for low price because the people take out all, like the records that say, oh, uh, like, so you're just getting random records. So I just opened a, a pack of random records. Uh, so our story is in the hands of Carol King. The story. So but without further ado, pigeons uh, and you listening, dear listener. Once upon a time, uh, there was a mumble and there was a hum, uh, and uh, they played out in the universe, uh, free-floating. A mumble that's like a hum. You can hear that at the same time, the hum coming from my upper palate, uh, in the mum, 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 mum. Interesting that the mumble is coming from uh, my chest and my throat, and they work together. And it was this strain moving through the universe. Uh, and believe it or not, it's always there because you can just do make it and say it. At a, and I and I and if you ever know somebody needs post crying, usually. About 15 minutes after somebody cries, uh, this is a good time to introduce them to the back padding version of mumble and hum, or just a hum. You could start having them just hum and you pat their back, uh, and then it becomes a sound uh, that's probably not conducive to sleep podcasting, but you know it. And if you haven't experienced it, I'm not kidding, I highly recommend it. Uh, uh, is that you just let them go and you pat pat their back and it makes a like a syncopated sound is that might be the way to describe it. And it was one time I it, like I had forgotten the power of uh, mumble and hum uh, when I was patting someone's back uh, who had just finished crying because they said like uh, it, it like they had just said to me. Like, it's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. And they said, you know, you you would have cried, too, if it happened to you. And I said, okay. Like, uh, they had already cried. So they said it was their party. Then they said they'll cry for what they want to. Then they cried. And I, I said, okay, I'm here. I'm here. Go ahead and let it out. Uh, would you prefer to be held, or would you prefer to lie next to me or sit across the room as you cry? Okay, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Let it out. It's okay. Let it out. It's just let those, let it flow. And then afterwards, and this was one of those ones where it was a party, and so the contrast of it's a party, and then I'll cry if I want to, and then uh, the crying, and ended up with some of the breath catching afterwards and the sniffling, and then normally, you know, say, hey, what if we do some groaning and back, pad, back padding or humming? humming uh, and uh, they they said, okay, this really, really helps now. Uh, and usually you can laugh uh, with still some tears in between it. And they said, where did you learn this? And I said, well, once upon a time, there was uh, two, two friends. Uh, and we'll just call them Mumble and Hum. And Mumble had uh, planned this really big party for themselves, a uh, really, really big party. And uh, they, they had said uh, that they, were, they invited everyone they knew, everyone in town. And they, they said, well, what was the party for? And Mumble had, uh, Mumble, like, uh, like Mumble meant something different back then. It became Mumble. That's how, this is how Mumble and Hum came into parlance, according to this story. You know, this is more of a, a fable. But Mumble was most people that didn't communicate the same way as everyone else. Uh, and they had felt bad about it. Like they said, well, when I say stuff, it comes, like, it doesn't always, like, or trails off and, uh, and they, like, people, a lot of people, they'd say, okay, to say it again. 
And then they, like, this was a world with a lot of active listening, a little bit different than ours. And they'd say, okay, did you say you, you know an elephant that wears pants? Okay, that's good, that's good, that's good. Is that what you said? And then Mumble would say, you know, an elephant wears pants, uh-huh. And they say, okay, interesting. Like, do you re- is that a metaphor, or do you really know an elephant that wears pants? And that's just kind of an example of... uh Sometimes Mumble, they understood Mumble, sometimes they didn't. But Mumble was always aware that, uh, like, Mumble was one of those few people that said, talk to you in a second, like that, uh, mumbling. And some people would say, you got to speak clear, or think about what you're going to say and then say it, or please don't mumble. They would, And Mumble would say, this is just like... Uh, I don't know, like, uh, is this, uh, and it wasn't easy, right? Uh, mumble would mumble and then mumble and then mumble was finally one day Mumble said, I'm going to stop mumbling from this day forward. I'm going to stop mumbling. And mumble had a friend named hum, uh, that would, uh, always be there to soothe mumble and not give mumble advice. It just mum, hum would say, hmm. Like his mumble said, really tough. No one understands understands me. Like uh, I'm speaking for mumble, not in mumbles here. I say really hard. No one understands me. I don't feel like I quite uh, get this thing, you know, communicating like all these other people, judging your insides from your outsides, outsides from your insides, that whole thing. But hum would always, mm-hmm, uh, yeah, uh-huh. Mm. Mostly just that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went back and forth. And Mumble said that, uh, like, like Hum would talk sometimes, uh, but mostly Hum would try to guide. Uh, but like uh, one time, the one time Hum said something, that said, uh, sometimes I, like I look in the mirror and I say, "You're the only one." that could uh, make me feel these strong feelings that I don't necessarily like to feel. And uh, now what Hum didn't know is that, uh, like, you know, Mumble still had to go on a journey. So so, so Mumble, Hum was trying to help Mumble. Mumble still had to go on a journey. But it planted that seed. It said, okay, so you're the only one that can hurt me. And maybe Mumble was just a little too young for this information. Like, Mumble had to live a little bit more. Hum hum was in a place where Hum could just hum and knew, I'm just here to hum, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and give my experience. Well, that helped me. But Hum wasn't a parent, uh, and Hum wasn't a, like, so So maybe there was just a little bit missing, or maybe Hum was so hum full of comforting hums that uh, Hum was able to just put that out there and know that at some point Mumble would get it. But this wasn't the time, particularly this part of the story, that, that Mumble would get it because Hum left, you know, they couldn't spend all their time together. So Mumble was alone looking in the mirror and didn't decide to call Hum and run things by Hum or talk to someone else. And, you know, Mumble had kind of got tired of asking other authority figures or even other people Mumble's age for help because they said, well, just stop mumbling. Why don't you get, you know, why don't you just do, do, do like, uh, why don't you, like, 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 Mumble didn't know there was, like, podcasters that could actually have trouble communicating, and it was okay. Didn't always feel okay, Mumble, but, uh, but so Mumble thought that Mumble would look in the mirror and instead of sparking that humming comfort at first, it sparked something different, a different strong feeling, a feeling kind of like B-L-A-M-E, blame, and Mumble started to look in the mirror and said, well, this is, you, you know, this is me. This is like an F-A-U-L-T kind of thing. You're making me feel this way. You got to change. Uh, 
But Mumble did have, like, one extra piece was like, okay, well, I have always been, you know, like these adults, I don't like how it feels when people don't validate my mumbling and how I communicate or they don't just sit there. I like it when Hum sits there and just hums and accepts me. And, no, you know, I don't understand this whole change or I'm supposed to communicate differently or, or, you know, pull up my bootstraps or whatever. But I do know this mumble that I'm seeing in the mirror. So Mumble said, well, maybe there has to be two mumbles. Uh, and Mumble even sang a mumbling song. It reminds me of the song Two Faces Have I. You know, that I, I don't quite remember the lyrics to it at all, but, uh, you know, Mumble sang that song in the mirror and decided, okay, well, and then realized, okay, one of my faces is Mumble's, and one of my faces is maybe this more, this face I got from all these adults saying, you know, point finger wagging and saying, pull it together, Mumble, stop mumbling. Uh, speak in a clear voice, make eye, you know, pull your shoulders back and lift your head up, uh, belly button in. The whole, you know, and, and I'll say, well, that's, I was in a minute. And so, you know, like uh, I said, I, I, got, I got these two faces, have I? And I don't know, this face that has, it was wagging me in the mirror. And saying that it's my fault, I don't necessarily think uh, that just makes me sag my shoulders more. And so Mumble got said, "Yeah, well, if I, if maybe I can entice that part of me with a party, uh, like a goal, this grand goal. Oh, one day I'll never mumble again." And I'll get this together, just like people said, I'll pull every, you know, I'll take total control of my communication and, you know, no stone will be left unturned until my mumbling is gone. As it was in it, but, you know, mumble still mumbled a lot, but mumble went out. And went and searched the world, like, uh, first said, okay, where are the best addiction coaches? Who, who These adults that were dispo- disempowering me went back to them and said, well, who's that? Phone? What's that? And they said, okay. But the ones, they were still trying to actively communicate in this world, but still saying, you know, it's, it wasn't easy. Remember, Mumble's just a kid-ish, uh, or at least emotionally. That's why I identify with Mumble so much. But Mumble said, uh, where's the best, you know, who do you recommend if you want to change my talking and stuff like, uh, and they said, well, just, you know, a lot of people didn't have solid solutions. So Mumble would just move on and say, well, maybe you weren't like, uh, like at least Mumble was catching stuff. Okay. Well, I'm trying to be empowered. Uh, now I would say, you know, Mumble's taking on a lot of power uh, to, 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 to change, uh, like, uh, everything at all costs. And that's, but that's the road Mumble went down. And Mumble kept searching and then found, and eventually found people that say, oh, well, this diction coach is there and, and this diction coach is there. And Mumble started working with them or Mumble would say, well, I got to get, I got to figure out, well, they said, this is my fee. Well, what can I do? I don't have your fee. We'll come back when you do. Or, oh, you could do this work for my fee. And Mumble was willing to do what it took uh, to, to get to, to pay those fees or to, you know, uh, barter for those fees. Uh, but, uh, like, each thing, you know, it was like these diction exercises or, oh, boy, you know, what I don't know, because I wasn't there. Like, the, this part of the story wasn't there, but it was a lot of... Uh, repetition and uh in and, and all, all that kind of stuff and and and, and mumble said I, I don't know how to you know but mumble could start to um uh realize that uh well maybe this is different like maybe that two faces thing is i had something there in the mirror 
And remember what Hum was trying to say? Now, it wasn't what Hum was trying to say. We know that, but Mumble didn't know that. And so Mumble said, okay, maybe I have to, um, like, become two parts of Mumble, Mumble and not Mumble. And so Mumble would then go into these diction classes and 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 try to not pretend, but compartmentalize, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And kind of forget about mumbles uh, or the feeling. Like, I guess mumble wasn't in it. It said, okay, well, I got to create this new place and this new part of me that's going to be the communicator. Oh, boy, am I going to communicate clear, as clear as the clearest day in the clearest sky. Like a window without streaks, it's just been washed. Holy cow! Look out, birds, because there's a window here. Maybe I like I can I ask I have to keep it clean to communicate. Uh, but um, maybe I could maybe maybe I could just tell you not that there's a window here, but it's so clear because of my communication. But what Mumble noticed was that uh, even that it was really exhausting. Like uh, holding that up and all the work that went into it, uh, it worked. But when Mumble started to get tired or sometimes when Mumble, like Mumble's focus slipped, uh, Mumble was a little down or feeling lonely or hungry or upset, uh, the Mumbles would come through. And sometimes they came through when it wasn't the perfect time, right, uh, like because Mumble had slowly started to build a reputation as a clear window speaker, and you know, pada poom, pada ping, you know, to the highest bidder comes Mumbles, where it became an ironic name. Uh, I said tonight, tonight, you know, this uh, super, super, super silver speaker is going to be Mumbles. Uh, and people thought it was a joke almost, but not every time, right? Every, every once in a while, the mumble would creep in and maybe mumble would cover it up. Uh, but, you know, mumble would go back to the mirror after that and say, I can't believe that leaked out those mumbles. And maybe no, sometimes the only person would notice it was mumbles. But mumbles was still not satisfied and so, like, Mumbles started to travel the world and say, and, and, and it was actually Hum that said, hmm, hmm. Hum and Mumbles hadn't been in touch because Hum said, hmm, like that a couple times. And Mumbles didn't like it, uh, like, during this journey. Hmm, um, hmm. Or, hmm, that's, you know, when I look in the mirror, and, 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 and so Mumbles had kind of said, you know what, Hum? You're the one that told me to look in the mirror, and you know, strong. You know, they 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 parted ways. Uh, their journey had separated, but Mumbles was still on this quest to, to find. Uh, like I got, I got to find a solution here. I got to find, but and, and I guess it was a uh, hum that said, like, look outside, hmm, hmm, outside the box, maybe. Uh, and but mumbles again it deteriorated after that like hum was trying to say mm, but maybe don't do anything maybe hum hum sounds tough mm. and uh, so uh, I guess I'm real realizing that the pigeons are resting but I'm not sure this humming and mumbling how it'll play out uh, in the episode, but it'll be fine. I'm here to keep you company, right, and tell you this story about Mumbles. So Mumbles was searching the world, searching so hard because of the H-U-R-T inside. I said, I got to gotta get this hurt dealt with, right? Yeah, we can all recognize that maybe even be, we wish, this part of the story is where you wish you could be like an invisible hum saying, mm, Mumbles, mm. So we could just all hum if we need to or do some sort of talking or imagining, just like we're humming to comfort Mumbles. But Mumbles wasn't in the comforting spot. Mumbles was in the active spot. Uh, eventually, Mumbles heard about this one teacher uh, 
who said, I don't teach diction. I don't teach pronunciation. I don't teach mumbling. Uh, like I teach, uh, I, I, I teach more than that. Uh, but known, you know, to be the greatest communication teacher in the world, you know, not available. I don't take on new students, that, you know, but mumbles would not, uh, would not, uh, like, you know, said I'll sit outside of this place, you know, for as long as it takes till I can communicate clearly. But there was something in the eye of that teacher, right, uh, who said, okay, I see you. I see you're hurting. I see what you want. Uh, maybe there's a way I can help, uh. And the uh, finally, the teacher came out and said to Mumbles, like, you really want to learn to clearly communicate. Uh, you're going to have to kind of let go of what you think communication is. Uh, and Mumbles said, I'm w- are you willing? And Mumbles said, I think so. And like a lot of other teachers that use confusing methods, this teacher was big on that. And it gave, the teacher gave Mumbles this giant ball of string, gigantic, like two, like a, it was a ball, like, you know, like a ball of yarn, but like that you would have to scoop your arms to carry it around. Now it was a light, it was, it was big, but it was light. Uh, and it had the string coming out. It was a ball of yarn. I don't know if what it was made from, but, you know, it wasn't like as long as it was dry, don't get it wet. Mumble, you know, then Mumbles had to take a break. Uh, but it had a, a string, you know, like where the, uh, I don't know how you make a ball of yarn, but usually what it had about, so if you scoop it, picture yourself, I guess, as Mumbles, uh, you have this giant ball of string scooped in your arms, but dangling down right about just past your knee if your arms are scooped in above your hips by about six inches maybe just uh six inches below your knee would be the the string from the yarn and the teacher said please don't drag that string around and mumble said okay and then uh, the, the mumble said what's next uh and the teacher said, I want you to go north to Alaska. And Mumble said, is that a, a metaphor or a truth? And the teacher shrugged and went back inside. And, of course, you know, Mumbles went through this thing of, like, feeling stuck, right? It, first, Mumble said, yeah, like, was still holding the string or the ball of yarn, but yelling at the door and calling for the teacher to come out, uh, getting tired now the mumbles also like uh did think about it and said okay didn't say, the teacher didn't say i had to carry it just said don't drag the string around but apparently i had to carry the string wherever i go this ball of yarn wherever i go without dragging the string around so it's not like mumbles had to carry you know carry 24 7 but that was like so that was like a part of the story that was like not even too too dull for a sleep podcast. But it was a few days where Mumbles would carry the string at first uh, and yell through the door, and the teacher would say, "North to Alaska, please don't drag that string around. Please don't drag the string around. North to Alaska." And Mumbles was frustrated, but finally Mumbles gave in and said, "Okay, whatever that means, I'll head north to Alaska." And carry this, try, try not to, please don't drag the string around. And like Mumbles uh, just started walking, of course, and, you know, went through a journey. And like 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 a lot of great tales uh, that are in this particular genre, there was, uh, it was walkable. It was a walkable world. And it had hills and it had valleys, it had forests and rivers, towns and streams and small cities, farmland, mountains, and weather that was suitable for the clothes and the you know bag that uh, Mumbles was carrying. And uh, Mumbles would go into town and... Now, Mumbles also, like, if you're carrying a giant ball of string, 
you, you, you kind of eventually, you know, you can't put it down to rest, but if you're carrying it, you could kind of move it around, which mumbles it would do. Mumbles would put it on mumbles shoulder or, uh, but then, or then it would shift to the other shoulder and then it would do the scoop or mumbles would try to hold it under mumbles arm. But that was like dangerous because the string would get close to touching the ground. And Mumbles knew somehow in their mind that uh, if they if that string touched the ground, that was it for the for the lesson that Mumbles was supposed to be learning from this great uh, wise uh, teacher of communication. But so Mumbles would go to these towns carrying this ball of string. Now, the thing of the string was that it was so big that it was like, like uh, depending on how you're holding it, it could obscure your vision. Now, Mumbles would eventually, like, if you were holding it in the most comfortable way, you'd, your hands would be against your abdomen. Or at least this is Mumbles' opinion. And you'd have it scooped in your arms like you were carrying a bundle of hay because you're basically that's what you're doing. But then your vision would be obscured in your mouth and your nose and just the bottom part of your eyes. So you could kind of make eye contact with people. But then if you moved it around, you know, it was always it was always awkward, I guess. And it would be awkward. And then people would ask about it and uh but everybody had, most people had a knowing glance. They said, what are you carrying? Most said, oh, I, I got to get the, I'm carrying the string north to Alaska, uh, this ball of yarn. And, uh, yeah. But Mumbles didn't pick up on it right away, but it was like a lot of different. Of course, if you see someone carrying, if, if you're, if you're a pleasant enough, curious person and you see someone in a walkable world carrying a giant ball of string, if you have an opportunity, I mean, you might not cross, you probably, some of us might cross the street and say, hey, bub, what do you do? Where'd you get that giant ball of string? What are you doing with it? And, you know, children would say, can we play with it? Or, you know, k- kitty cats uh, would follow mumbles through town and then people would follow the kitty cats, uh, that whole thing. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. I mean, kind of dull, though. The cats would just jump at the string, but Mumbles would keep moving. And eventually, Mumbles was putting off this vibe for the cats to be like, yeah, you could, you know, but just be careful. Or Mumbles would put it up somewhere, and the cats would, do like, just where the cat could just hit it, and Mumbles would hold it against so it wouldn't roll off. Nothing would touch the ground. And also, whatever the yarn was made from, it would never get cat caught in the cat's claw. So it made it was adjustable. Again, Mumbles was continuing to adjust carrying the string and having a lot of conversations about it. And eventually what happened was uh, Mumbles got, uh, unexpectedly, Mumbles got to a town called Alaska, a really small town, uh, and... Uh, no idea, because Mumbles uh, was just following the road north, uh, signs north. Uh, and it was before, you know, Mumbles said, how am I going to even get to Alaska? And then, you know, people would say, oh, I'm going to Alaska. They say, don't worry, you'll get there fine. Mumbles said, okay, maybe I will get there fine. It seems really, really, really far away. When I do look out on the map, it's like thousands of miles. Luckily, it just happens to be the right time of year to go that direction. I don't know if I'll ever get there. Mumbles ends up in a town named Alaska. Doesn't even know it till Mumbles sees the sign. Coming into town, small town, not on any map uh, known or unknown at this time. And Mumbles rolls into town. And says, holy cow, what am I supposed to do now? And just like people said, and, and some people would say, hey, c- come on, do this. Also, Mumbles would, uh, eventually Mumbles started, the people with cats, like, uh, would pay Mumbles. Or Mumbles would do, uh, you know, Mumbles figured out a way to pay the bills uh, without the string ever touching the ground. And... Uh, Eventually, like Mumble said, hey, I'm, I'm, I, was, I was supposed to come here, actually. Like, and they said, what you, and they said, the great communicator told me to take this ball of string and head north to Alaska. And they said, well, you're in Alaska. You're in the right place. And a lot of people would 
pat Mumbles on the back. And Mumbles never knew why. And eventually, like, Mumbles found some people, you know, because Mumbles started to get down. He said, well, I can't leave Alaska. Am I just supposed to go? Like, Mumbles felt stuck. Should I go back? Uh, should I go north to the state of Alaska? Am I in the wrong place? He kept asking, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And, like, eventually this this one woman, Mumbles, was sitting there and... and uh, she said, okay, tell me, tell me everything, like slowly, you know, over time. Uh, and Mumbles told her, and uh, she said, told her about the stuff with her, like, she said, okay, tell me about your friend Hum. Hum sounds great. And eventually Mumbles developed trust to, to, to like, where he kind of let it all spill out. Uh, the mumbling, the compartmentalizing, and the mirror. Now, the mirror was the last piece. She actually had to pull at a different kind of string, you know, to be like, because Mumbles had almost forgotten about it. Now that Mumbles, and plus Mumbles had kind of fallen into this other version of Mumbles' self, uh, like going around town, not doing that much communicating when Mumbles was alone. But then in town, you know, I guess uh, something about it, like uh, Mumbles said, maybe it worked that... uh, just by carrying the string and focusing on carrying the string, I'm able to communicate clearly. And the woman, she wasn't ready to get, she goes, I don't know. Tell me more. Keep telling me more. Okay. Tell me what happened. You know, let's back up. Let's go back to that. Uh, and then that stuff with a mirror came out and she said, Oh, mirror. And she said, have you been up to the, to the, the, the waterfall that overlooks the town? And Mumble said, no, because I don't want to get this ball of string wet. Uh, and she said, don't worry. Like, uh, it's uh, like, uh, she goes, it's uh, like, the, you know, the summertime. So the flow is really low. And she goes, there's this, we got this big art installation up there. It's been up there for, you know, long, 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 long time. I think you should go up there and look at it. And she goes, remember, like, uh, not everything means what we think it means, right? Maybe it means something else, or maybe it means two or three things at once. And Mumble said, okay, okay. And the Mumble said, okay, okay, okay. So Mumbles went up the hill carrying the string uh, to the waterfall outside of the town of Alaska and started to see the shine, like, you know, said, wow, it's a shiny waterfall, uh, there's a little stream, very picturesque. Uh, Mo- at this point, Mumbles was in really good shape from carrying this ball of string. And eventually, like, uh, Mumbles realized that uh, just past the waterfall was where the shine was coming from. It was a giant mirror. And the mirror was like, uh, like so the mirror was like to the right of the waterfall, but on this thing that was like facing... So if you're standing in front of the mirror, looking into the mirror, behind you was like, to the left would be just the part of the waterfall, and then this vista of the entire valley, the town of Alaska, and on a clear day, like they say, you could almost see forever in this mirror. I mean, you could turn around and do it too, but that... uh and, and and then on the top of the mirror, carved in wood, it said, all for myself. And uh, you could also sit on a bench and look up in the mirror. And, and uh, at first, uh, Momo's kind of got to joke, like, oh, if you come up here and you say, all this is for me, all this beauty, all for myself, I got it all to myself. Uh, this is what life really is. Then something else creeped up, and Mumbles didn't even realize it at the time. But Mumbles started to relax in a way they never had before. Their arms went down a little bit, and and, uh, the string thing, and something at the same time Mumbles started to relax, this thing creeped in, like, uh, all for myself. uh, All for myself, and thought about hum... And just thought about the like everything came together slowly 
and the string hit the ground, right? Uh, you know, we'll just point that part out. Uh, and the mumble said, I've been doing this all for myself, but not myself. Like for that self, like, you, you know what I mean? Mumble realized that this whole journey about communication had been for myself, but not myself at the same time. And then somebody else was hiking, and they were hiking behind Mumbles. Uh, and they saw Mumbles just staring in the mirror, and they said, you must have been a beautiful baby. And then they just kept going. And this was, if that was a musical, it would be numbers in a musical, right? Like Carol King would probably be, like, figuring it out. But uh, Mumbles said... Uh, I think I, I was a beautiful baby and thought about, oh, every, you know, every baby's beautiful, uh, you know, like uh, to, to its mother, you know, hardy, har, har. But I don't know, something shifted again in mumbles and mumbles started mumbling and saying, huh, remember when I was in a, and thinking about hum and how hum was always kind of just there humming away. Most of the time, most of the time, hum never communicated anything other than that hum. And what did the hum do when Mumbles needed it? But it soothed Mumbles. It it gave Mumbles something. And you know, if if it was a musical, Mumbles would have sang a song in mumbling at this point. Like, why am I so shy? Uh, like because Mumbles had that moment of. Uh, I guess, like, in this case, because it's a parable, a stark moment of self-realization and acceptance that only a story like this can... And Mumble started to mumble and mumble and uh, mumble some more and started to feel better. It was like a half heaven, half heartache, uh... At the same time, and Mumbles like totally let the string, the ball string, roll on the ground and fall out of their arms, uh, and, and and headed out, let the string roll, and went in search of uh, hum. And it took a while, but Mumbles suddenly realized. Uh, Mumbles said, I, I think I have some sort of purpose in it to accept my mumbling. Maybe my mumbling isn't a problem. It's my communicating that's the problem. Like, And then Mumbles started to make these connections, like uh, all of the, the blocking of the string and, and the inner, you know, the nonverbal communication and all the listening people did on the journey to Mumbles. And again, all of that hum uh, and something beyond self-actualization happened. I don't know if that's the right word where it was like uh, the question that Mumbles was really asking and that really hum was asking, when will I be loved? Uh, and Mumbles said, that's what you're asking me in the mirror, not... Why can't I communicate? Uh, when will I be loved by me, by mumbles? Uh, it's not about the mumbling at all. It's about that feeling, oh, when will I be loved? Uh, that's what Hum was trying to tell me. And eventually they reconnected, and they would work together, like uh, in, in spreading the word of... Uh, Nonverbal soothing communication. That didn't. Ca Unfortunately, this this is an untold tale. Never caught on. I don't understand it. Uh, they, you know, they tried the mumble and hum method. That was a book they published, uh, and then more mumbling and humming that they self-published, uh, and uh, yet another. Uh, I, I you know, the titles got longer and longer. Like yet another dose of wisdom from mumble and hum. More mumbles, more hum, uh, how to hum. So that part didn't work out. But what did work out was they stayed dedicated. They knew their purpose then. Oh, I'm here to mumble. And uh, it's not about 
My mumbling, everybody, people mumble, some people don't, but I can mumble with a purpose. And uh, just like Hum did. And then they said, well, because it's not working out, maybe our world's just not ready for it. That was when the power, the cosmic power of those twirling tresses of Carol King came in. And, uh, like, uh, de-actualized, I guess, uh, said, let's just let you loose in the universe, uh, mumbling, numbing you off, uh, and saying, hey, here it goes, and it's okay, and we're here to help, uh, but if you need to, you could always hum or talk like this, uh, pat your own back or just do it. It really does feel good and just let it go and let it go. It's going to be okay. I'm here to help. I see you. And when will you be loved? Uh, it's just letting that love in a little bit. So maybe, but just remember I was telling this also, I was telling the story pigeons They'd, I realized they'd flown off, but it was fine because I was telling it to the horse he was on in a little tiny carousel, a red horse with blue eyes. Uh, and I think that horse got the story by way of Carol King. So thank you, everybody, and um, let me hum, tum, hum, tuck, mumble you in and say goodnight.